welcome back to another episode of the Unfounded Podcast. My name is Christopher Turner and I am your host. It is good to be back with you guys. I hope you're doing well. I've been uh, staying busy out here in Vegas and it was really hot last week. I had my parents out here for the weekend. Uh, my parents or my mom's birthday is coming up and I won't be able to go out there to see her. So uh, she came down here because they're on a little vacation uh, kind of deal and, and, and did some a birthday dinner for her and I worked a lot but uh, it was nice to have them out here anyways so uh, it's been a busy couple of weeks that's for sure but I'm kind of glad that I'm through uh, through the end of that month and into a new one August here and even though it's looking like it's going to be pretty hot like it's the summertime it's definitely going to be hot um, <laughs> at least uh, we're getting closer to things like the election and these other these other issues getting those those over with at least right but a lot of chaos uh, that's going to ensue in between then and now, that's for sure. Um, and I don't know if you guys saw, but that huge, massive explosion thing that happened uh, over in um, Lebanon. My goodness, it was absolutely insane. I saw it like early in the morning. I think it was two days ago now. And uh, that's like the most, that's the biggest explosion I've ever seen. Like I've, I've never seen an explosion that big. And I, my heart goes out to all the all the all the people that were there, obviously, and you know, people that died and people that are injured by that uh, that blast. But it's uh, I guess they're saying it was something to do with ammonium nitrate uh, fertilizer uh, storage facility that exploded. Um, it's a very interesting. It's that's just an odd. It's an odd thing to happen. I mean, why would you put ammonium nitrate right next to a pile of ammonium nitrate right next to a fireworks factory? I guess maybe that's what they were using in the fireworks. That makes sense, but. It, initial reports don't make it sound like they were separate. Like there was this ammonium nitrate storage facility and that there was this also this <laughs> fireworks storage or like creation area. Maybe not. I don't know. Don't quote me again. I'm not a news source, but uh, I think we're going to hear more about that. There's something odd about that, I, th- I think. Um, anyways, moving on. Uh, that's not why I'm on here to talk or getting on here to talk to you guys. Um, I just kind of want to talk about confidence this morning. Uh, that's that's what's been on my on my mind, and uh, something that I've been working on, I guess, recently as well. Um, that I haven't really been actively thinking about, but it is it is an aspect of myself that I've been working on, and 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 um, also something that's it's a very hard. Co- I think it's a hard concept. Let's define it really quick. It's a hard concept to fit within the ego, right? Confidence. Because it's like there's a line there that you can't cross, you can't go over because then you become prideful, right? So um, let's see, confidence. Uh, sorry, guys, I'm a little slow this morning. If you couldn't tell by the typing speed, it's like duh, duh, duh. <laughs> a little slow. Um, all right, so let's find our Wikipedia page because sometimes we find some cool things. Wikipedia. Some cool rabbit holes when we go down Wikipedia, right? Um, so confidence. Confidence is a state of being clear-headed, either that a hypothesis or prediction is correct, or that a chosen course of action is the best or most effective. Confidence comes from a Latin word, fidir, which means to trust. Therefore, having a self-confidence is having trust in oneself. I like that. So that's a very good way to define confidence. And actually, it kind of points out how we think about it wrong, because the way I just described it to you before, it was... It, the way I used it was kind of using it in a different definition almost, right? Like, uh, arrogance is really how I was using it. The next word. Arrogance or hubris is the com- uh, comparison. In this comparison is having unmerited confidence. So that's what I was using it as. So it's unbounded confidence. 
when it's not merited. Believing something or someone is capable or correct when they are not, right? This is unbounded or uh, un unmerited confidence, arrogance, or hubris. Overconfidence or presumptiveness or pre presumptuousness is excessive belief in someone or something succeeding without any regard for failure. Confidence can be a self-fulfilling prophecy, as those without it may fail or not try because they lack it, and those with it may succeed because they have it rather than because of any innate ability. You've seen a lot of like uh, what are those motivational posters? You know what I mean. You go into like a therapist's like uh, office or like uh, what was it when you're in high school? You go into like the uh, the principal's office and there's always these confidence and <laughs> perseverance and all these words on the wall. Um, the confidence one, I you know, I, I feel like that's kind of what we've done as a society. I guess it's like we've taken all of these characteristics that we try to embody inside of ourselves and we've kind of made them into like motivational posters <clears throat> in a sense uh but that doesn't do like the idea justice right because it's a deeper idea like we, we just kind of started to to uh decompress here right like um there's a balance here and a delicacy you have to approach yourself with and this is not just with like in how how confident you are not being overconfident right but this is in, in any part of life like there's this necessity to kind of reel your, yourself in and not allow yourself to become too in, indulgent in a sense, right? Um, in yourself. That's where I think overconfidence comes in or arrogance, right? The concept of self-confidence is commonly used as self-assurance in one's personal judgment, ability, power. When self-confidence increases from experiences of having satisfactorily completed particular activities, it is a positive belief that in the future, one can generally accomplish what one wishes to do. Self-confidence is not the same as self-esteem, which is an evaluation of one's own worth, whereas self-confidence is more specifically trust in one's ability to achieve some goal, which one meta-analysis suggested is similar to generalization of self-efficacy. Self-efficacy is, according to psychologist Albert Bandura, um, is a judgment of how well we can execute cur uh, courses of action required to deal with prospective situations. All right. So how efficient we are at dealing with hard situations is kind of what self-efficacy is. Self-esteem is an individual's subjective evaluation of their own worth. So how worthy are you? Self-esteem encompasses a, a belief that about oneself as well as emotional states such as triumph, despair, pride, and shame. <clears throat> Excuse me. So you see how all of these words say self-efficacy, self self-esteem, self-confidence. Um, we kind of confuse them. And I just earlier confused all of them as like more of just the negative qualities, arrogance and hubris, right? <clears throat> when I first talked about confidence. But there's this, um, most ideas, I think, uh, especially if they relate to the human being in any way, are going to be complicated in nature. This is kind of why, like in the last episode, I was talking about how um, every organization is going to be complicated in some sense. Like you're going to see like the breadth of the human experience inside every organization because <clears throat> the human being is complicated and, and organizations, institutions are outgrowths of the human being, right? So um, we have this this same same kind of concept, but downwards instead of outwards, right? Instead of externally and internally, if we're thinking about and ideas or kind of structures in themselves, and they're going to be just as complicated as the human being. And that's kind of what this is demonstrating: is confidence isn't just about being this thing that like looks intimidating, which is kind of how a lot of people think about it. I think like confidence is a deeper idea, 
being confident as the, the, the way this described, we don't read it one more time is a state of being clear headed that a hypothesis or prediction is, is correct that a hypothesis or a prediction is correct or that a chosen course of action is the best or most effective. So it's kind of having vision in a sense, right? And knowing whether it's, whether it's backed up by some kind of belief or by some kind of tangible proof, uh, you have this, this vision of what's going to come to be because of those, you know, that, that, that drive you feel based on those, that stimulus, right? And so there's going to be a variety of, 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 of ways that you can manifest the, the state of being confident, right? And, 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 and that you will find in many ways every day you are confident about how your day is going to go in many different simple ways, right? Like I'm confident that when I wake up, I'm going to be able to go to the bathroom or <laughs> take a shower, right? Or whatever. But like, I think in the way that we think about it and the way that I'm talking about it is like more in, 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 in kind of self-esteem, I guess, you know, I, I was talking about confidence, but I, I as we break this down, I, I kind of want to focus on self-esteem because I think that's kind of what If you don't believe that you have are the thing that has the that is w worthy or are able to achieve things in this world, um, then how could you ever be confident about path like uh, making a path in it? Right? How can, how could you ever exude the, the 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 confidence necessary to blaze a new path? I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right? Stumbling over my words here this morning. Sorry, guys. Take a drink of my coffee, maybe that'll help. So let's go into self-esteem real quick. Self-esteem is an individual's subjective evaluation of their own worth. Self-esteem encompasses beliefs about oneself. For example, I am unloved, I am unworthy, or I am worthy, I am loved, as well as emotional states such as triumph, despair, pride, and shame. Uh, the self-concept is what we think of, uh, think about the self. Self-esteem is the positive or negative evaluations of the self, as in how we feel about it. So let's go to the self-concept. Hmm, that's interesting, self-concept. One self-concept, also called self-construction, self-identity, self-perspective, or self-structure, is a collective, or is a collection of beliefs about oneself. Generally, self-concept embodies the answer to who am I? Self-concept is distinguishable from self-awareness which refers to the extent to which self-knowledge is defined. Consistent and currently applicable to one's attitudes and dispositions, self-concept also differs from self-esteem. Self-concept is cognitive and descriptive component of one's self. I am a fast runner. While self-esteem is, uh, is evaluative and opinionated, I feel good about being a fast runner. Self-concept is made up of one's self-schemas. Hmm. Self-schema refers to a long-lasting and stable set of memories that summarize a person's belief, experiences, and generalizations about the self and specific behavioral domains. A person may have a self-schema based on many, any aspect of himself or herself as a person and interacts with self-esteem, self-knowledge, and the social self to form, a, to form the self as a whole. It includes the past, present, and future selves, where future selves or possible selves <laughs> represent individuals' ideas of what they might become. So I, as I continue to read this, this becomes a little bit more ridiculous. And I don't know if you guys are following. <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe I'm just not. A, uh... there's, a, there's a funny thing that happens. And I'm seeing something about like the human being that's it's becoming blatantly obvious as I continue to read here when we're talking about 
we just like to divide things up, right? We like to see where things like naturally divide up or where we think they should be divided and we divide those up and then we think like, oh, they're well-defined now. That's, we know what that is. But I wonder if like, this is kind of why some of the loot, this is, this is one of the reasons why the modern world is so losing its mind, Right is because this is kind of the process in which we've gone through like segmenting the entire world like and defining it and this is why we have this illusion as if we're something better than the people that have come before us um because the segment the segmenting and measuring of things is very beneficial when you're talking about specific areas of life right if you're talking in the technology sphere it's very very beneficial to be able to measure and segment things at a very like high resolution right um but it doesn't necessarily mean that's always the best way to go about kind of looking at the world is you just kind of divide it up. Maybe sometimes it's better to kind of view it from an external perspective as one thing, not as individual things. Right. One, one way you could kind of describe the self. Um, it, it's interesting. I find that if you wanted to kind of trade out the self concept for soul concept, soul awareness, soul knowledge, soul schemas, Soul esteem. I wonder. I wonder because, like, there's something. There's a. Di- there's different levels of 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 disappointment you can feel in yourself when you're really disappointed in yourself, right? When you really are down on yourself. There's this level of disappointment where shit. I, you know, if I tried harder, I could have done better, right? But there's this also, and and it's kind of this surface level. But then there's this existential level disappointment um despair that you can feel that you can get yourself to where it's like you can feel this existential disappointment in yourself it's a hard concept to to describe right um i don't know if it's been well described before let me try like type that in i wonder if that's an idea already existential um Uh, I just found an article on Healthline. What's the point? How to deal with existential dread. This isn't really what I was talking about. I think it's more of an existential... Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we're ever going to find it. We'll have to see existential... One more second, guys. Sorry about that. Just listen to the music for me. (laughs) Existential disappointment. So it's existential disappointment, a sociopolitical theory of black visibility. This is interesting. This is a study. I'll have to read more into this. So I'm going to read the beginning of the abstract for you just so we can kind of get into it. It's, I don't know if we're going to want to read too much into this because this, this is an actual study, but... Uh, it's, in this dissertation, I draw tr- on traditional and black existential thought to theorize vulnerability as a characteristic or dispositional trait that works against anti-black racism and black visibility. Hmm. 
Hmm. I don't know if this applies in any way. I'm going to have to read more into that because I think it's going to be, if I do it right now, it's going to waste your guys' time, right? Like you guys don't want to hear me reading, <laughs> like watching paint dry. Um, but uh, existential disappointment is, I'm not really talking about it in that context, right? Obviously um, I'm talking about it in the, in the individual context that you can feel existentially disappointed in yourself. Uh, that as if you've, and, and, and this is where it's a, it's a, it's a spiritual concept, right? This is why I kind of traded out the, the, the self with soul in this, like this self concept that I just read to you, like, because there's like this, there's this disappointment you can feel that is deeper than just the self. This like physical thing that like, I, you know, like there's this disappointment you can feel that's continuous. And I, I often wonder that if, 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 You know, it's like, I, I, I believe, and I'm going to get a little spiritual for you guys, just heads up, right? But I, I believe that people people are burdened with things because they it's necessary in some way, right? And now I, I know that can sound really cold on the surface, um, but I think it's one of the best ways to view the world. This is just my opinion. But it's, it's, it's something like the hurdles that are placed in front of you are there for a reason. That they're not accidental. Uh, and they're not intentionally put there for you to fail, right? That there isn't this, um, that the idea of like, that, that there's this, some God sitting on a cloud with like a magnifying glass betting against us, or that the idea of like the devil or the evil one is, is, is why we have hurdles in our lives, right? neither of those are correct it's like we I, I i i this is what i believe right like it's like we have these hurdles we have this baggage in a sense as carried forward through whatever is deeper than this i i would describe that as god or 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 the universe itself right um but whatever part of us we're unable to see Right is what I would describe as this deeper thing, and it's weird that you can still you can feel a disappointment at that level, because and I think you feel it when you fail to overcome those hurdles. It's weird. It's like there's specific hurdles in your life that are there, and you come up against them, and they're usually the ones that rock you the most. You're like son of a bitch, that's a hard one, right? And you want to like hide or run away or do something else or whatever it is, but it's like when you do that, you feel this angst, this existential disappointment, where it's like you know that if you don't do something about this or you don't kind of um, overcome this hurdle, it's it's gonna it's gonna get you in a sense, right? It's going to zap so much, some, a certain amount of energy from you. It's like you have to be really careful with yourself like, because you can, you know, it, life isn't segmented in the way that we like to present it, right? In, in the way that we like to divide it up. It isn't segmented in that way. It's a messy mush, right? <laughs> it's not a mess. Well, it's, it's very intentional, I think, in some ways too, but like in some ways it's very chaotic. And so it's... Um, When you, I think it's like it, 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 when you turn away from a hurdle, it makes you a smaller thing. I think it's a, it's a simple thing like that. When you turn away from something that's that's calling out a better version of you, because that's what a hurdle is, right? When I'm saying a hurdle, I'm saying like anything that's placed in front of you that's that's challenging you, right? 
in a deep way. I'm not saying like challenging your ego, like maybe like, um, what's a good example? People might like connect immediately. Like, uh, I'm talking about something that rocks your perspective, your way, the way you view the world. When you come up against something that rocks the way you view the world at that level, You need to like pay attention in a sense and re and respond properly. It's like those are the most important times in your life. <sighs> Sorry guys, I'm having like trouble sorting through my thoughts right now. If you couldn't tell, I'm a little all over the place this morning. Because it's in a weird way, like, um, one of my hurdles that I'm trying to describe right here, I'm trying to think of an example for you guys. A hurdle for me is this. In a weird way, it's like it, this project of mine is, is something that, um, I often find myself trying to avoid, <laughs> in a weird way <clears throat> because i love it right but i often find myself because it's it's it, it, it the more i've developed it the more it's demanded that i kind of open myself up right <clears throat> and i've started to realize that oh shit this is a big hurdle for me there's a reason that this is here in front of me there's a reason that this is this is scary <laughs> for me you know what i mean there's a reason that it's scary it would be scary for anybody right but like there's a, there's a reason that that i'm here there's a reason that I'm doing this, and there's a reason that I'm I'm opening up to people that I don't know, um, as scary as that is, and it's something that I shouldn't turn away from, that I shouldn't like embrace that kind of fear and run away from, but I should actually push forward because like every time I do, when I find that I push forward through that fear, I gain energy, like I just did, like right there when I have that pause that you heard right there, I was doubting whether I should turn this off and delete it or not. That's what I was thinking about, right? And who knows? Here in about 20 minutes, I'm probably going to find out whether I should have done that or not, right? <laughs> but it, it, I did it. And I have a, we'll see how it goes. But I, I think that that perseverance in life is, 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 is necessary. And that in some ways, you know, that um, confidence comes from perseverance, I guess, is what I'm getting to, right? That it's a, it, it is something that you can practice, Right? Um, being able to hold a vision of something and, 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 and make it a reality and having the confidence to, to, you know, you know, to see that path is something you can, you can practice through kind of, um, developing, well, some of these self, the self-concept, right? Self-awareness, self-knowledge, self-esteem, you know, going back through your memories Going back through uh, things that you've been through before and seeing how they, they, they kind of affect how you view yourself and what you hold is founded, right? And how good you think of yourself, too. When you're going through, you know, this is referred to in the self-concept as self-schemas. Self-schema refers to a long-lasting and stable set of memories that summarizes a person's beliefs, right? So it's kind of uh, your your deeply held beliefs, the ones that, 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 you know, 
transgress time, right? Uh, that don't don't they're not shaken. They're not really necessarily changeable. When those things are are changed, when that when those self you know when when those beliefs are changes, usually when you have like these huge existential crisis moments, right? Um, and it's it is in the middle of those times when you feel lost because it's like, well, now I have to go back through all of my memories <laughs> and figure out where the hell I went wrong, right? Now I have to go back through all of my experience and all of this, all of this work I've done and all this energy I expended in this belief system and this structure to figure out where I went wrong, right? Um, and when you're talking about a foundational belief, that's something that uproots your whole life, upends your whole life and takes a lot of time. You know what I mean? Um, but then there's also time frames when that can be something a little more trivial, but can also, but requires the same kind of process, right? We were talking about like how, how, um, I've talked about before, I don't remember in what episode about being self-critical and kind of listening and, and, and incorporating ideas when they clash with yourself, with, with your conception of the world. This is kind of what I was talking about. Like your, your, your deep, deeply held beliefs need to be in that conversation as well. So oftentimes what we'll do is we'll, we'll hold the conversation at whatever level we're talking at, right? So it's like, hey, we're talking about this concept right now in this vacuum. And this is all we're going to talk about. But we're not going to look at how that attaches to anything around it, right? We're not going to look at how that, how that intermingles with all these other ideas that I've held founded. Maybe some of the self-schemas, the, the deeply held beliefs that are based off my, my, my experience. Sometimes we'll, like, we'll kind of like protect those deeply held beliefs because they are based off our experience. And so they're more personal in some sense, right? This is our anecdotal evidence <laughs> in a sense, right? This is our, this is our, these are our trump cards. These are our, our, you know, our, our aces in the hole. And so you, you protect them in a way, those beliefs. And when people get close to them, when they tiptoe close to them, watch, I'm sure you've experienced this in yourself. When they tiptoe close to those foundational beliefs, you'll start to get very aggressive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Really quick. Uh, because it is something that's deeply personal, right? It is you, it, your conception of you, all these conglomerate of, it's your ego in a sense, right? That's really, that really is what it is. It's, it is your ego. That's why you'll get aggressive. It's, it's your conception of your conception of the world, Right? And, and, and the belief systems that underlie that. And so when anybody gets, gets, gets close to those things, you'll, you'll kind of, <laughs> that was maybe been, a very, it might be a very uncomfortable sound. I'm sorry for making that noise. I don't know why I did that, <laughs> but, uh, I'm a little all over the place this morning, aren't I? Um, I got a lot of like very um, anxious energy in me this morning. Um, <laughs> but and, and it's, it's because, you know, we, I think we get aggressive because that's when, when people start to get close to those things, it's like, no, 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 no. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. Don't touch that. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's kind of the feeling you get is like when a, when you have a kid around like a wedding cake or something, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, don't go within 10 feet of it. Don't go anywhere near the cake until they cut the cake. Don't go near the cake. You know what I mean? <laughs> like It's that kind of that kind of a thing where like, it's, it's the, no, 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 don't touch it. You know what I mean? Don't go anywhere near that because it's a lot of work, right? Um, it takes a lot of time and effort. And it's it's kind of, in a, it's not easily replaceable, right? Your conception of yourself is not easily replaceable. 
and your conception of the world is not easily replaceable, right? Especially if you don't view it as something that's changeable. If we kind of protect it in this way, right? If we protect, if if we if we attach the way we view the world to the, our eternal selves, in a sense, maybe. I'm trying to sit on that and chew on it for a second. Give me a second. It's it's like w- w- it, or maybe when we separate it, it maybe is more accurate. It's like when we when we when we fail to recognize that there's a deeper level of perception, um, and that 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 uh, those hurt those hurdles, you know, people can be hurdles, whatever things that that are like kind of make you feel that way uncomfortable are there for a reason and 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 it's not for you to get aggressive or to push them away and to run away it's for you to kind of embrace in a really weird way it's for you to pick the thorny path when when i've talked about that before the thorny path maybe i don't know if a lot of you have had a hard time conceptualizing what i mean by that but what i mean by the, the thorny path is 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 this in a sense when when somebody gets really close to the things that make you want to kind of snap you need to you like or or make you uncomfortable or really like make you feel like oh no that's something because everybody has these things that you like nobody can touch this right this is me nobody's ever gonna tell me different than that everybody's got something about that those like 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 that in them when you get to those parts uh, within yourself watch those parts and and watch when things get close and try to embrace it a little bit try to see if you can adjust your conception of yourself there try to see if you can let in a different perception because there's like a distillation that will happen you know a relief that you'll feel also um eventually and you may find that that some oftentimes in this in this process of kind of incorporating new ideas or letting letting new ideas into places that they haven't been before you'll find that um it has a way of shedding light that's kind of the best way to describe it. It's like it's like pulling back the curtains on a room that's been boarded up for a long time, and all of a sudden you see like where all of you know the rot is. You know what I mean? Where all of like where you haven't been uh, doing upkeep, right? Where you've been doing more protecting than upkeeping, <laughs> right? And um, and I'm talking, like I said, I'm talking very um, like metaphorically this morning, right? But but I I, I, I guess I'm kind of trying to do that i'm doing that because i'm trying to make it applicable to a lot of different perspectives right because i think it is in a sense i think i think that the the process of working on yourself is is replicatable across human beings um in a weird way that it is a little bit simpler than people like to make it out to be um we're trying to compartmentalize the whole world and divide everybody into their individual subgroups and because of that the world has become a much more complicated place because it isn't divided into subgroups it's one big thing (laughs) you know what i mean including the human beings that came out of it right we're all one big thing and we're not that much different fundamentally founding fathers recognize that but it's astounding to me how much we're trying to prove them wrong modern day we're trying to prove to them how much different we are there's so many americans out there trying to show exactly what makes them individual that's exactly the perverted version of the, the focus on the individual that we don't need. That's not the purpose of the focus on the individual. That's not the purpose of... Uh, for, that's not the liberal idea. 
If you think you know what liberalism is, that's not the liberal idea. You have it wrong, backwards, perverted, fundamentally screwed up. <laughs> it's not so you can show the world. It's not, it's not so that you can make your perspective the most important one, right? And that's why our system is broken as well, guys, is, is because that's how we've used it. That's why we try to we try to elect figure like certain figures that represent us, right? Um, but when they don't do exactly as we like, then we say it's the system's fault, and we we vote in the opposite, and that causes this 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 cyclical this cycle, the cyclical problem where uh, no political organization can hold power long enough to make any lasting effect, right? And so. What in, in essence we've done is is uh, kept the federal government or the, the we've 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 kept the arms of government I think in a sense that the functional arms that should be functioning at bay for a long time and we've grown the the, the we've grown the fat we've grown we've grown it in a sense. We focused on all these things that make people different, and then we said, "Oh man, that's a lot of inequity." <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like we we take the world and we're like, "Okay, how can we divide this up?" All right, so let's take skin color. Let's do it by skin color. Let's divide it all up by skin color. Okay. Oh shit! Everybody's really unequal that way. <laughs> you know what I mean? What else? What other ways can we divide it up? Uh, let's take genitalia. That's simpler, male or female. Okay. Well, that's that works for a little while, but. That's out the window now, right? So now we have all, the, but that doesn't work anymore, right? Because there's more groups than that, guys. There's more groups than that, so we got to divide it up in more groups. <laughs> you know what I mean? But now we have more groups, hence more confusion, right? All because we're trying to say, well, this group doesn't agree with this group, and this group doesn't agree with this group, and this group, but each one of them think they're the representation of the whole, right? Each minority group trying to make themselves the representation of the whole. And then doubling down on that identity, reincorporating it over and over and defending it over time, like I was just describing. It doesn't have to be only based on your genitalia or your skin color. It can be based on your religion. It could be based on anything, anything you want to do. You can you can divide people in any in any way, any subclass you can identify. I, I, I could I could decide that I wanted to measure arm hair length and that that was the most that was the most <laughs> definitive way to tell whether people are good or bad or equal or not or whatever the hell you want to do, right? Um, that's what we're doing here, right? It's amazing that that modern we're not recognizing modern day how close we are tiptoeing towards like that like deadly edge. That, that we've seen before throughout history where, where we, we, we get so obsessed with dividing people up and trying to equalizing that we start to just eliminate people because they don't make sense within the system, right? Um, there's this hatred that is developed, right? And I see it right now developing on both sides because it's kind of this, this boomerang effect. Um, and that's why I'm trying to kind of like see if there's a way that we can identify 
see see if we can figure out how people have done it before us, right? Like how how have people come to keep us from devolving into chaos for you know thousands of years? Because we've done that up until now. So why aren't we doing that now? You know what I mean? Like why why are we allowing things to devolve? What are we where are we going wrong? Because I don't think anybody argue anybody at this point could give me a good argument that where we are headed is up as a culture, as a society, as a globe. Maybe there's some of you out there that would. But just consider for a second the chaos that you've seen over the last 6 to 8 months. Now you be if that does continue, this kind of development is going to be much more necessary for us to pull ourselves out of it because I guarantee you, if nobody tries to pull us out of it, we're not going to be pulled out of it. We're going to, ha- we're going to have a, a lot of more chaos. We're going to have a lot more suffering, right? And in some ways, I, I started with confidence, right? And that's how I started down this rabbit hole. But it's like, I, I do think that we need people to be confident confident enough to know that they are valuable regardless of not only their experience but their current beliefs too. That you are whether you believe it or not an eternal thing. We need that to be recognized. You are an eternal thing. You have value above and beyond your current situation and what you what you believe in. There's something that's bigger than that, deeper than that. And that's you. That's the real you. And in some sense, none of us really truly know who we really are. But that we should all try to continue, we need to continually try to figure that out, folks. We need to try to constantly figure out who we are individually, have the confidence to see that path out. You know, and that process, I think the process of having confidence to enact things in the world that are are not only um, beneficial to the world, but to you as well is to do the self-work, to have the self-awareness, self-knowledge, and self-esteem, you know, to cultivate ideas that work symbiotically within the world itself and within your, your, your community, you know, to be an upstanding citizen. I think that's what an upstanding citizen is. It isn't just not breaking the law. Man, how we have devolved that idea into this lazy thing. That all you have to do to be a good thing is just not do bad things? Really? Because I thought, like I said, entropy. I thought this thing required energy, fundamentally. It does require energy, fundamentally. (laughs) You have to put energy into this system, or else it devolves. So what? As a society, we're just going to stand still and say the, the way that you become an upstanding citizen is don't break the law and if you feel like it, maybe cast a vote every once in a while? Because if any of you, I, I haven't read them in depth. I'm not an expert on the Founding Fathers, but I know for a fact their concept through all the, the classes that I took in school, 
was very blatantly clear that those men did not have a conception of the American citizen that, that was that basic. It was much more involved. They had a fear of us being that kind of a polity, a lazy polity that didn't do the intellectual work required to kind of uh, develop ideas that would push the society upward. The only way the United States can stand together is if we do that work. Otherwise, all we'll do is divide into smaller groups and devolve. Alexander de Tocqueville in Democracy in America identified this problem in the early 1800s, immediately after the revolution. He came into America he, he, he twice, I think. He traveled to America and he stayed, I think, I don't know exactly for how long, but he wrote a whole book on it, right? And basically as he traveled around, one of the biggest things he realized is that he could, he could go two miles away for, between towns and people would be completely different. Have completely di they'd have completely different opinions. Not They wouldn't be completely different. They'd just have completely different opinions. Two miles or three miles down the road, right? Now, in that time, that was okay because people were separated, right? We didn't have the internet and stuff that showed them that truth. He recognized that truth in 1826. That's a truth we're just recognizing right now with the internet. That you could say, like, one thing living in this apartment, and I guarantee you the dude that lives directly above me has something that he believes completely different. You know, like, we can disagree in one, in, in, in almost entirely and live in the exact same space, Right? So that this idea of like the universal citizen that kind of has this universal perspective and that all that wants one thing doesn't exist. And that in some ways, the way that the United States continues forward is by people not knowing that, that people that everybody believing that they are the conception of the American citizen that everybody else reflects. But in reality, you're, you're everyone's a minority here. Everybody. And what he didn't know is like what happens when we realize that and we are realizing that and I don't think we're responding very well. <laughs> because the only way we respond well is to do this is to interact with those other people and to actually to kind of let people in in a sense. It's weird. It's almost like same thing you have to do in a relationship. It's like you have to take down the walls, the barriers that we've put up. Uh, we have to accept that there's some concepts that we could think that are founded that aren't. That absolutely everything has to be up for grabs in these conversations. That when you approach a conversation, you cannot approach it that I've already figured some of this shit out. When you do that, you immediately eliminate part of that conversation from being effective. If there was any way you could have grown as a human being or the other person could have grown, you eliminate it by saying that, hey, this is off limits. They can't touch this, right? Don't do that to yourself. And do that, don't do that to other people. Don't shut them down in that way, right? Open up to other people. You know, let them see who you are. And if they have something else that they want to say that, that clashes with that or that they do say that clashes with that, um, and try to look at it at least. At the very least, look at it. doesn't mean you have to take everything they say and incorporate it into yourself, but listen to it. Because there will be, I think when you start to do that, there's this point in time where you start to like pull out shit that you're like, whoa, like things will pop out. That's like that's a piece I've been looking for. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like that's a that's a possible piece I I didn't know existed. You know what I mean? And those moments are so valuable. And it's like once you plug those in, it's like oh I get it now. You know, like your 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 conception of the world becomes so much clearer, right? And and maybe that conception gets broken down again at some point. But that process is necessary, I think, uh, 
And it's a combination of all the human beings in the world doing that at the same time that produces the most effective upward movement. The trick is getting people to like do that. It's like, how do we get people to do that process? That's why you can very easily see why the system that we have made is not about that. It's not about upward movement in a, in a, in a, in a, uh, holistic sense. It's very focused. It's about upward movement in a monetary sense. It's about making things, right? Um, and that what we've done is created a very effective system at making things, upward movement. But what that produces as a byproduct is a lot of suffering, a lot of depression, a lot of suicide, a lot of homelessness, a lot of other things that we don't like to readily identify with that because we've devoted all our energy to one thing. And we've damned our children to a life of studying to become a producer. But I just think it's that world that's falling apart right now because it, it, it was so unbalanced. It couldn't stand for very long. And it is fundamentally at clash and odds with the idea of, of the fundamental ideals represented within our founding documents. That there is something deeper, more, more meaningful than simply growing wealth. I think that's abundantly clear in our founding documents. You'd probably be hard-pressed to find an economist that would say otherwise, though. <laughs> right? We have, we, have, we have a plethora of perspectives this modern day that, that, that refuse to accept that there's anything other than their world. Right? I apologize if this has been a confusing one at all. <laughs> um... But I, I, I hope it was beneficial. I'll find out myself, right, when I listen back to it. Um, but I, I think, it, nonetheless, um, even if it is kind of all the over, over the place, maybe it'll be beneficial in seeing uh, kind of how chaotic the process of, 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 of thinking can be, in, in a sense, right? Deep thinking or critical thinking, I guess, is, is what, in, in a lot of ways, this podcast uh, is an example of, I think, is just critical thinking. Um, and so... Uh, many times, you know, you can start one place with confidence and it'll lead you down a rabbit hole all the way through, you know, this, you know, as you kind of find another kernel or a little piece, you let the, you know, you're, you kind of act as E.T. following the little, you know, Reese's pieces. And then you get to a point where you're like, hmm, sometimes you get to a point where you're like, hell yeah, missing piece, found it. And then sometimes you just get to the end and you're like, I don't chew on that more. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, there's something more there kind of a thing, right? Um but I do think that the, that I, and I hope that, that maybe this, me doing this in an environment that's recorded, that kind of gives you some background music and sets the tone as well. So you can kind of be guided through the emotions that I'm feeling, uh, gives you an environment in which you can kind of do the same thing. Right. Um, because I think there's just not very many environments once you get out of school. I mean, in, in school, there is some time I, I, I found myself doing this often when I would go and, and study, you know, I'd go into the library or something or, or go sit by like a, you go sit in a chair somewhere and like just kind of put music on and, and think. And, and, and I, I found that I would always have like these really nice, like long prolonged sessions. I feel recharged afterwards. You know, my, my mental space would be better. I'd be clearer. I'd, I'd feel more sorted out after I did that. And after I got out of college, I, I realized that there's just not a lot of places for that kind of thinking or space for that. You have to create that space. You know, you have to create that for yourself. 
uh, and it, it may manifest in different ways for you. You know, I, I know I have a lot of friends, you know, some, one of my friends is still back in Colorado. Um, a couple of them, one of them, one of them likes to garden and he kind of got me into gardening and, and, and I've got, you know, my stuff out. I've talked my flowers out on my, on my patio and stuff that I've been doing, uh, trying to, trying to learn honestly, cause it's, it's hard to take care of something. Right. So like trying to learn and, and, and honestly learning from him, uh, and watching, uh, and helping him when I was out there before I left, uh, with his garden, uh, showed me that I could do a lot of these critical, this critical thinking and a lot of this kind of recuperating while I was doing that. Uh, you know, I had another friend out there that I, I worked with that, um, goes mountain. He does, he does a lot of the, the peaks and climbs a lot of the peaks I see on Facebook all the time. He's posting videos and, um, you know, a lot of people in Colorado do that, but they'll go and climb, you know, these, these 14 they call them and, uh, or in just in general, explore the mountains. And I think that's another area when, especially when I was growing up that I found that you can create this space very easily. Just go out into the nature, into nature. And, and, and especially when you're by yourself, there's something just, um, humbling. There's this humbling feeling, uh, that when you go into nature that you, you don't, you'll find this. If you want to show to yourself that you're not, you're not a stranger in this world. You're not an alien to it. Like just go out into the world and stand for a second outside of the things we've created, right? Like go, go, even if you want to stand in the things we've created, go stand in the middle of New York city and tell me you're not a part of that. Right. But also like go stand in the middle of, um, go stand in the middle of the mountain somewhere, right? Like go stand in the middle of a forest somewhere by yourself and, uh, don't get eaten by bears, <laughs> but, but just kind of chill there for a second. And, and you'll notice, man, like there's this timelessness this this weird thing that happens like that where you you realize that oh man i'm this is me too this is me right and um and in a way there there is nothing we have to do externally it's just all internal work it's all it's all it's all work that we need to figure out ourselves right we need to have the confidence to be honest with ourselves and open with ourselves and to identify in ourselves all the ways that we're flawed and to show those to the world, right? Show them to the world, man. Because the world's the same thing. <laughs> it really is. That's what's so funny. That's why that's why comedy exists, period. Is because and that's why comedy that's what's brilliant about com, uh, comedians is they all they do is they 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 go inside themselves and they say, "Hey, what would somebody else not say?" And when they say it, you laugh. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? It really is at a fundamental level what comedy is. Hey, what do people not want to say? Okay, let's say that. Right? That's why the idea of the jester you know, was so important in medieval times. Because the court jester, right? Um, the court jester, uh, you've always seen the depiction of the joker, right? On, on, a, on a playing card or something, that's the depiction of the court jester. And um, he was there for entertainment, right? Like a comedian. Uh and in many ways would do that, but would put on shows in that way. Uh, a lot of times more slapstick type, type of comedy shows, but also um, the jester had kind of immunity in a sense. One of the only people in the kingdom that had immunity to say anything for that reason. So the jester could make fun of the king, for instance, or say things that other people couldn't about the king, right? In order to get a laugh right he would speak truth <laughs> and i i think that um 
that it's 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 so telling that when you see truth, one of the reactions you most commonly will have is you'll laugh. <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? You'll laugh because it it's it there's in the reaction it's revealing to you the true nature of the universe that being one of play <laughs> and when you see that when you see that truth is connected to comedy that is the deepest truth and i think i'm just going to leave it there guys um i hope this was beneficial i hope it wasn't too all over the place but i do want to also thank you so much uh, for sharing, liking, and subscribing. Um, this last couple weeks, I've experienced like a tenfold increase in listening, right? No, no kidding. The, the podcast grown by like 10 times, right? So thank you guys for doing that, uh, for, for sharing, for helping me out. Um, and, uh, because this is something that I've worked really hard on for a long time and it's a very, very exciting process to see grow. So thank you and continue to do that if you are. <laughs> um, and, and, and let it, you know, think about people that, that maybe would like to listen to this as well and, and, and share it with them if you could, and maybe leave a comment uh, um, rating if you can on whatever uh, platform you use that would be helpful as well it kind of gets it in front of, of more people so thank you for being a, a, a listener and um, sorry for the delays between podcasts guys I'm sorting through some things here so it's it's just been it's been a hard hard road like I said this in many ways this podcast can be a hurdle for me sometimes and so I have to try to figure out how to get the energy to, to, to overcome that hurdle that is you know making an episode but a lot of times what I'll find is once immediately after I do, I gain energy. And so hopefully that process is the same for you. And with that, that is the Unfounded Podcast signing off. Stay safe and bye-bye.